Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to DC. What's going on, DMV? You know who it is. Youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Here with you live and local on the Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Ride with me for the next three hours. I'll take you up to 3 o'clock on this Tuesday edition of the Burgundy in Gold today. Nothing but good vibes right now here in the DMV as we sit here on the first day of November, leaves are changing colors. It's getting dark a little earlier. The sun's rising a tad bit later. And on the football field, the Washington Commanders, after being written off by pretty much everyone, including myself, I might add, have rallied and put together three straight wins and are now in a tie for the seventh and final playoff spot in the NFC. And the fact that we've gotten here this fast, it it felt like just yesterday this team was in the midst of a four-game losing streak. But the football gods right now are on your side if you're Washington. You've been able to maintain relatively good health. A few balls have bounced your way. Things are looking up for this group right now. And to me, man, the best part, the best part about this commander's winning streak is you're seeing different guys step up each and every week to contribute uh, to this winning streak. Against Chicago, it was your special teams coming up with a big-time turnover. Against Green Bay, it was your defense ratcheting up their play to another level, holding the Packers to 0 for 6 on third down. Now rewind back to this past Sunday. Your offense made big plays when they needed to the most, key fourth down conversions, big-time plays being made by the quarterback. And we'll get into detail a little bit later on in the show about the quarterback because what he's been able to do during these last two weeks is absolutely marvelous as well. The defense, once again, comes up huge, making plays when they absolutely needed to. And credit to head coach Ron Rivera in this staff, man. It would have been very easy for this team to pack it in about a month ago. It would have been very easy about a month ago for this team to tuck their tails and say, hey, look, 
things aren't going well for us right now, let's mail it in. Let's mail it in. We don't know about the long-term job security of our coaching staff. There are some guys on the roster who don't know about their long-term job security. Talking about a guy like Deron Payne, who's going into the final year of his contract. It would have been easy for him to pack it in and say, hey, look, doesn't matter, man. I'm going to get paid this offseason one way or another. But they did the exact opposite. That's why I give credit to this coaching staff and Ron Rivera, man. They have basically looked themselves in the mirror and asked themselves, what type of football team do we want to be? After the Tennessee game, a game in which they did almost everything right and still, still came up short. That hurts. That takes a toll on the confidence of a group. It becomes very easy to start second-guessing yourself. But I'm so, 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 so proud of this group. They did the exact opposite. They muscled up. They've rallied together for each other. And it hasn't been flashy by any stretch of the imagination. They haven't gained any style points in the last three weeks. But the beautiful thing about this is the National Football League. There are no style points. You're graded and judged based off of two things. Very concrete, very blunt, very straightforward. Wins and losses. Just like that. It hasn't been flashy. It hasn't been sexy. But look, the bottom line is they found a way to get it done the past three weeks. And they deserve major, major credit for that. Major credit for that. And it's interesting because I've had to really go back and forth with myself and some of my colleagues, man, and really had to, you know, ask, like, well, what does this three-game winning streak mean? They've done it against three offenses that aren't particularly good. But that doesn't matter right now. All that matters is that they've done it. Three straight victories for this football team. It's extremely difficult to get wins in this league. We know that as a fan base. Look back at the past 20 years. Look at this season, for for Christ's sakes. We've seen both ends of this spectrum already. We just had a four-game losing streak before this three-game winning streak. Remember? It, it, just, it just goes to remind you how much winning really cures everything. It almost acts as if a, acts like a Band-Aid of sorts. Because make no, make no mistake about it, while the winning sure does feel good, The big question for me is, how do we keep winning? Yes, this team is on a hell of a ride right now. It's exciting. It's encouraging to see the resiliency that this group has. It brings us so much joy to see this team win. But you see, the realist in me, the selfishness in me wonders, what does this three-game winning streak really mean? Hear me out here. What does this three-game winning streak really mean in the grand scheme of things? I'll put it to you like this. It's like if you go on vacation, right, but you know damn well you ain't got the money to pay the light bill. Guess what? The vacation is going to eventually end, and you're going to have to go back home with no lights. So I say all that to say, what does a three-game winning streak mean if you still have the same big question marks moving forward. I'm completely fine with celebrating wins. It's hard as hell to win in this league. 
But the problem with us as fans, and maybe even the problem for the folks in Ashburn, we put too much stock, in my opinion, into these little mini runs. And then when we come up short again, it's like we're right back to square one. You can call me whatever you want. You can say I'm tripping. You can say I'm not a real fan. You can say I'm rooting against the team. You can say I'm a shock jock. Guess what? I'm real. I'm going to say what you're too damn scared to say. We've been here before as a fan base. That's the beautiful part about all of this. This isn't anything new. We've been here before. 2012 with RG3. Six straight wins. A playoff berth. Yet you fall flat on your face the very next season. Kirk Cousins. Did you like that season? Cole Red against Tampa. Seven straight wins to win the NFC's title. Yet you follow it up by missing the postseason. You see where I'm going with this? It's almost like it's a trend. There's a pattern with this franchise. 2020, four-game winning streak. You limp into an NFC's title. The very next year, instead of building on all of the positives that you had during your mediocre season, you followed it up with Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's how you followed up your success in 2020 when everyone told you and felt as if you were a quarterback away. You followed it up with Ryan Fitzpatrick. William Jackson III gets signed to big money. That same offseason. You see the trend here, guys. We've become complacent. It's not enough for me to try to sneak into the playoffs. This franchise has three damn Lombardi trophies. That, that should always be the expectation. That should be the standard. You can keep these winningless meaning streaks. I want to compete for Lombardi's. It's about time we've raised our expectations for this group. You've gotten my attention again. Congratulations. After being left for dead about a month ago, you've now got my attention. We've beat three teams, and let's be honest with the three wins. And when I say this, this is not me trying to discredit Washington for going on this three-game winning streak. I'm just telling you the facts of the situation. That's all I'm tasked with doing here is giving you the facts. It's up to you to interpret the message how you want to. Yes, this team is on a three-game winning streak, but you beat three teams that don't really have any sort of direction. Talking about Chicago, Green Bay, Indianapolis. I'll tell you one thing, though. It has to feel good as an organization when after you beat someone on Sunday, a couple of days later, they're firing people on their coaching staff. The Colts just fired their offensive coordinator because of us. That's good. Give kudos. Give credit where credit is due. My thing is, though, let's not be blinded by what's going on. Like I said, Sunday, Sunday is where you really find out who the hell this football team is. Sunday is when you find out what the rest of this season is going to look like. This isn't the Indianapolis Colts coming to town with a rookie quarterback or a guy who's never started any games before. This isn't Chicago coming to town with an offense that's handicapped and limited. This isn't the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers and a bunch of grocery store workers. You've got a 5-1, 6-1 football team coming in here in the Minnesota Vikings 
who are an ascending football team here. Sunday is where you find out what this group is really made of. Because right now, despite this three-game winning streak, I still don't know whether or not the commanders are real. You can be mad at me all you want. I said what I said. Now, despite me not being overly confident in the team after this win streak, I do feel as if we have learned a great deal about this football team. And that's really what today's show is going to be about. I had to get that off my chest, though, because I feel as if, and we do this every year, it feels like. We have to figure out what's more important to us as fans and for them as the organization. Long-term success or short-term success? Because right now, everything's peaches and roses. You would think this is the team that's going to go out and eventually compete for a championship. I'm not there yet. Sunday, Sunday is my measuring stick. Sunday should be your measuring stick game as well as a fan base. Because like I've said, we've been here before. This isn't the first song and dance. This isn't the first winning streak we've seen this team go on under Ron Rivera. When are the winning streaks going to correlate and translate into sustained success? That was the number one thing, the number one talking point when Ron Rivera was hired here, building a sustained winning culture. How about sustaining it for more than three or four games at a time? How about building off of it? And I'm not saying that's not possible. I'm just saying I haven't seen that yet. And that's all I'm waiting on. Because like I said, Sunday, you are going to find out who you really are. And I can't wait for it. Because then we can start having the real conversations. Because right now, a lot of the fans in this, in this fan base are punch drunk, as I like to call it. We're, we're basking in the glory right now. We're high off of this three-game winning streak. At some point, your high ends. And then all your real-life problems are right back in your face. That's all. This is getting started here on Burgundy and Gold today. You know how I get down. It's the People Show. Tap in with me all show long, one of two ways. Team 980 listener lines wide open, 301-230-0980. Twitter and Instagram, you can get with me there as well, N-E-L-L underscore BTP. What have we learned about the Commanders during this three-game winning streak? I'll tell you what I think next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Let's get it. Hop off a 16 passenger. This is G5. No, this not a challenger. Big one. I keep some memories. Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Burgundy and Gold today. We we'll have a few guests stop by the program this afternoon. Coming up, top of the 1 o'clock hour, Ethan Cadeau, NBC Sports Washington Commanders Insider. He'll give us the latest from Ashburn on the Burgundy and Gold. We'll be joined by Randy Mueller, top of the 2 o'clock hour, former NFL GM. And we'll ask him. When you're team building, what's more important? The short-term success or the long-term goal? Because right now, that's where it seems like the Washington Commanders are at. That's where it seems as if this franchise is stuck at. There is a conflict of interest, in my opinion, between the coaches and the front office. We'll dive into that deeper later on in the program here. Right now, though, We're in the midst of this three-game winning streak. And like I said, unless you're able to build off of the winning streak and take positives away and continue to be better moving forward, it's all for what? Right? But there is silver lining in this three-game winning streak. Whether I respect the opponents that this team has beaten or not, there is a real silver lining in this thing. And that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of here. 301-230-0980 is the number. N-E-L-L underscore BTP is how you reach me on Twitter. What have we learned about the Commanders during this three-game winning streak? It's a hell of a lot that we've learned. If you really get to the nuts and bolts of the thing, the number one thing I've learned, though, during this three-game winning streak is maybe one of the most important things about this franchise moving forward at the most important position. Talking about quarterback. This three-game winning streak has taught me and got me to believe that the Carson Wentz experiment is now officially over. The Carson Wentz experiment is done. Chalk up your losses. Take accountability for the poor decision that you made, front office. Don't go back to Carson Wentz under any type of scenario. There's no reason to keep laying in the same dirty bed when you've got clean sheets and Taylor Heineke and Sam Howe. 
honestly, if it wasn't for Carson Wentz getting hurt, does this three-game winning streak even happen? And I hate to make it seem as if an injury should be a silver lining for a football team, but that's where we're at right now. Because if Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt, they continue to trot him out there on a week-in and week-out basis. And you don't learn anything about this group. But lucky for us, that hasn't and was not the case. There are legit issues on this commander's offensive line. That's something I've learned during this three-game winning streak. But it's the same issues that were there when Carson Wentz was the starting quarterback. The beautiful thing that I've learned is that Taylor Heineke masks those deficiencies up front. Taylor Heineke makes life much easier for this offensive line. There is a sense of belief and confidence in the group up front now. And until and until we reach a point until we reach a point where this team is beating good teams, then we're going to keep having to have discussions like this because I've been very open and honest about where I stand with this football team. The three-game winning streak doesn't really mean much to me. But that doesn't mean you can't take positives out of it. That doesn't mean there weren't things that you've been able to learn during this winning streak. There's credit to be given out as well. Jack Del Rio in this front office have shown us during this three-game winning streak that they are really good at finding hidden talent on defense. Because let's really look at the guys who are responsible for making plays during this commander's three-game winning streak. A guy like a John Ridgeway, an unsung hero of this football team, signed off the Dallas Cowboys practice squad, has come in here and played legitimate rotational minutes for you up front along this defensive line, allowing you to keep a John Allen and a Deron Payne fresh. Look at a guy like Rashad Wild Goose. Yeah, he had the big penalty on Sunday, but look at the stability that he's helped bring to this commander's defense. It allows you to slide Benjamin St. Juice to the outside corner because you have someone on the inside that you found in Rashad Wild Goose. I remember the conversations that we were having on cutdown day, making fun of his last name and worrying about all the wrong stuff, quite frankly, because that's what we do as a fan base. Now it's time to give the young man his praise. For the last month, he's helped steady that Washington secondary. He deserves just as much credit as a Kendall Fuller deserves or as a Benjamin St. Juice deserves. It's a group effort. And I think the overall big picture for me is the fact that Jack Del Rio and company have found, once again, hidden talent. Look at a guy like F.A. Obata. All offseason long, we were upset at the lack of activity during free agency for the Washington Commanders. And the one guy that they did sign on the defensive side of the ball, which was F.A. Obata, we wrote him off before we even saw him play it down because he was a commander. He played for the Carolina Panthers. He was a Ron Rivera guy. This is a situation where the familiarity, Washington's benefiting from it. F.A. Obata's third on your football team in sacks right now. F.A. Obata has that position versatility and position flex that this coaching staff raves about. 
We also now have an offensive identity, it seems like. Whether it's a sustainable identity or not is to be determined, but at least during this three-game winning streak, there's some sort of consistency on the offensive side of the football. And there should be. That should be an expectation. That should be a demand for this group, and here's why. This is the third highest paid offense in football. This should be a group. This should be a group that should be helping this team win football games. During that four-game losing streak, a lot of the times, it felt as if that group let the team down. Three straight games. Chicago, Green Bay, and Indianapolis on Sunday. 28 carries or more in each of those three games. Now, I know Sunday against the Colts, they didn't have the same type of success on the ground that we saw in the two weeks prior, but it's there. This is a real offense that actually knows who they want to be. That's the first step of becoming a juggernaut offensively is establishing an identity. And the beautiful part about it was, and what I loved about Sunday, is they were able to create some big plays in the running game. They're nothing that are going to jump out at you. But Brian Robinson on back-to-back plays gets seven yards. Taylor Heineke has a key scramble for a gain of nine. Curtis Samuel being used as a running back. Rips off a gain of 11. There's ways to do it playing this style of ball. It's about if you can continue to create big plays in the running game. But on Sunday, the running game and the respect that you had to have for it, in my opinion, completely opened things up in the passing game for Taylor Heineke. 23 of 31, threw for 279 yards, a touchdown in the boneheaded pick that he threw. But all in all, at least we know what this team is trying to do. They're making a concerted effort to run the football. And on Sunday, Taylor Heineke played some point guard for Washington getting the ball in the hands of his playmakers, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel. The ball didn't travel too far on Sunday. Outside of the deep shot to Terry McLaurin, how many times did the ball travel 10 or more yards down the field? Not a whole lot. But that's who you are, and that's okay. And for me, that's that's got to be looked at as some sort of sticking point, some sort of silver lining, something that you can build off of Moving forward, I'm going to take your calls here. 301-230-0980 is the number. What have we learned about the Washington Commanders during this three-game winning streak? We'll take your calls and hear from me next. Woke up this morning, can't remember nothing to Just flew in from London Nothing I remember, they calling me daddy The mattress was covered in money Went to sleep with my jewelry and chains on Had to wake up and recount the money 301-230-0980 is the number here on the Burgundy in Gold Today, I'll take you up to 3 o'clock Before we dish the rock to the Hoffman Show Right now, I'm trying to figure out What we have learned about the Washington Commanders During this three-game winning streak Because it feels good There's reason for optimism. There are positive vibes, so to speak, right now in the district surrounding this football team. It's my job, I feel like, to maybe temper the expectations of the fan base, temper the expectations of myself even. Because like I said in the open, we've been here before. 
right? Kirk Cousins in 2012 with RG3. In 2020 with this exact football team. You can go on these many runs, but at the end of the day, how does it contribute to the long-term success of your football team? That's it. You can tweet at me, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP on Twitter. Our man Teddy E says, fool's gold is what the win streak is. This is Ron's third season, and it's time to be a legit NFL team. And that kind of just goes back to part of what I've been saying here with this. Yes. Yes, it is perfectly okay to be optimistic and be happy about this three-game winning streak. But I'm the type of guy, I'm built the way where it's like, well, what's the big picture here for me? Because we've had winning streaks before. Just last year we went on a four-game winning streak. But what did it ultimately do for us in the long term? Nothing. Which is why I've posed the question out to you guys on the Team 980 listener lines, 301-230-0980. What have we learned about the Commanders during this three-game winning streak? And this, this might upset some folks, and I've been beating this drum for the past few weeks. I've learned during this three-game winning streak that Logan Thomas is no longer a big part of this Commanders offense. The success of this Commanders offense is no longer reliant or dependent on the health of Logan Thomas. And we've seen this dating back to last year. When you tear your ACL and you have that type of significant injury, it's hard to bounce back athletically. He's another guy who I feel his athletic prowess has been shot. His athletic juices are gone because of the injury. But the beautiful thing about it is his injury forced this football team to take a long, hard look at the tight end position, and you've now found some diamonds in the rough, so to speak. A guy like an Armani Rodgers, a guy like a Cole Turner, a John Bates. You have depth at that position right now. Logan Thomas had a C on his chest the past two seasons for this football team. He is somebody that this group rallies around. But during this three-game winning streak, I found out Washington doesn't really need Logan Thomas. Which brings me to the point of, well, if they got a guy that they don't really necessarily need right now, and if you were a team that was really focused on the future and trying to turn yourself into a sustained title contender, you trade a Logan Thomas and try to get some type of value back for him. The same way you should have been looking to trade a guy like Deron Payne to see what value you can get back for him. The same way you should have been looking at dealing Antonio Gibson to see what type of value you can get back for him. That's what I talk about and what I'm referring to when I say this team has a conflict of interest. Do you want to be a wild card team perennially? Or do you want to be somebody who's got a legit shot at challenging for the Lombardi Trophy on a year-in, year-out basis? That's what this team has to figure out. And I feel as if this three-game winning streak has done nothing but put a Band-Aid on the big cuts and wounds that this football team still has. 301-230-0980 is the number. What have we learned about the Washington Commanders during this three-game winning streak? Let's go to Momo. What's happening? What's going on, Momo? Bro, what's up, bro? What's up, man? How are you? 
Hey, uh, I've learned what I've always known, that I hate Scott Turner. Not personally. Like, not personally, but I hate him, bro. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Is Sam Cosby the new Landon Collins? Is there a reason why we started Trey Turner instead of Sam Cosby? Like, I think because he's got the club on his hand. I, I know that's a part hey, of the decision-making. He would play better than Trey Turner, bro, with, with no hands. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? No, I feel is there any reason why McKissick and, and, and Gibson can't be on the field at the same time? Is there any reason why we know that their D tackles are, are, the, are, are the, the strength of their defense and we didn't run to the outside more? And then when we play the Vikings, I promise you, Big Ale, I love you dearly. Your commentary is so is, – is, I, I love you. If we don't run zone read, you know the Vikings are 6-1, and one, correct? Correct. Who did they lose to? Ha ha! Good point, Philadelphia Eagles, who run the zone read, and yeah. they could not do anything with it. They played zone to shell the whole game, which gave Jalen Hurts the chance to throw or run. If we don't run read options, zone read, I, I promise you, I promise you, I hate Scott Turner. <laughs> I, I just listen to you, El. You t- you calm me down, please. Hey man, I, I appreciate the call. Look, the gripe with Scott Turner is legitimate here, but I, but I will say this. When it comes to this football team and this offense moving forward, it, it feels as if they found their offensive identity. But like Momo and some of the other callers have alluded to, Scott Turner hasn't really done anything to help this group out. There, He flirts with the creativity, but it's about seeing it on a down-in and down-out basis. My favorite play from Sunday, my favorite play from Sunday was the triple option that they ran. You had Brian Robinson lined up behind Taylor Heineke. And you had Curtis Samuel flanked to the right of Taylor Heineke. Give the defense something to think about. Play to the strengths of your personnel. And I think that's what Momo and a lot of fans out there are frustrated about with this group, despite the fact that they're on a three-game winning streak. And I know we want to get caught up in, and I, it was hard for me not to get caught up in it. Taylor Heineke threw for 279 yards on Sunday. Yet we scored 17 points. The commander's defense forced the Colts into two turnovers. How many points? How many points did they have off of those two turnovers that they forced? That's the issue here. You cannot sustain that moving forward and expect to continue to win football games, which is why Sunday is so, so, so critical. So, so critical for the outlook of this football team moving forward. You have a real competent NFL offense coming into your crib on Sunday. Talking about Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. And guess what? Guess what? They're a team that believes in themselves. They're a team that is ascending. They just went out and acquired some more talent. This is via Adam Schefter of ESPN. The Vikings have agreed to acquire TJ Hawkinson from the Detroit Lions. So not only are they going to trot out Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, They've now got a pretty damn good tight end at their disposal as well. So Sunday, Sunday you really are going to figure out what this team is made of. But we're not at Sunday yet. Right now I'm trying to figure out what we've learned about the Commanders during this three-game winning streak. 301-230-0980 is the number. N-E-L-L underscore BTP is how you reach me on Twitter. You know what else we've learned about this During this three-game winning streak, excuse me, J.D. McKissick probably should have signed in Buffalo with the Bills, and here's why. 
and Momo just alluded to this. It's not that they can't put J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson on the field at the same time. I'm just starting to wonder now what type of value does J.D. McKissick have when you've got two other backs that are more than capable? See, this is what we dealt with back in 2020 where we didn't, where we couldn't figure out how much each guy should be involved. Remember Peyton Barber was a part of this discussion at one point, and Peyton Barber was that third guy, so to speak. He was the one that got the short end of the stick. Right now, Washington is leaning heavily on Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. And the running back, by virtue of that, that's drawn the short end of the stick, so to speak, is J.D. McKissick. If I'm Washington, there are plenty of teams out there who could use a savvy pass-catching back. Trade them. Get assets back. That's, that's the big issue that I have. There is a conflict of interest within this organization because a forward-thinking group would be looking at how we can improve this team in any way. All options should be on the table when it comes to improving this Washington Commanders offense. But yet, for them, some guys are quote-unquote untouchable. I understand when you have leaders on a football team and you're trying to create and establish a culture, there are guys who have a value outside of what they can do in between the lines. Logan Thomas, for example, is somebody that they view as that. Because let's be honest, what has Logan Thomas contributed to this football team in 2022? Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. So at some point, at some point, you've got to figure, well, damn, how do we get better? I can tell you how to get better. If a team wants to acquire the services of Logan Thomas in exchange for depth at another position that you're thin at, you have depth at tight end. You've got three capable guys. Only three are healthy right now, but Cole Turner should be back from his concussion any day now. So at some point, if you're Washington, you got to figure out what's more important to you. Short-term success or building a sustained winner? 301-230-0980 is the number. We'll continue to take your calls on what we've learned about the Commanders during their three-game winning streak. I want to give out some credit coming up here next. Who deserves the most credit for this Commanders three-game winning streak? Is it the defense? Is it Terry McLaurin and what he's done catching the football? Is it this special teams unit that's made big plays in two out of the last three weeks? Big news came in at the top of the show. The commanders are looking to cut William Jackson III by day's end if they don't find a trade partner. I'll tell you exactly what I think on the move next. Look out the window. What do I see? A couple yachts that got some thoughts that tried to seven seas. Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Coming up top of the hour at 1 o'clock. Our friend Ethan Cadeau, Commander's Insider for NBC Sports Washington, is set to join the show. We'll ask him some of the questions we've been asking to you guys. 301-230-0980 is the number. What have you learned about the Washington Commanders during this three-game winning streak? We'll continue to take your calls on that as well all show long. You can tweet at me on Twitter as well, N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Right now, though, I want to talk a little bit about the trade deadline that's looming, 4 p.m. Eastern time today. Washington had a couple of guys who could potentially be of interest to other clubs around the National Football League. One name in particular, though, uh, that probably isn't going to get traded for is cornerback William Jackson III, somebody that this team acquired a season ago 
uh, via free agency, formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals. There were high expectations for William Jackson when they signed him last year to that three-year, $42 million deal. He is somebody that, in all honesty, just hasn't lived up to the expectations that this football team had for them when they acquired him. It's another scenario which there's a conflict of interest for this group. You needed help outside at the cornerback spot last year. You lost Ronald Darby in free agency after year one of the Ron Rivera era. You lost him to free agency for whatever reason. It didn't work out for you financially. You didn't agree on the talent, that it was worth the money, whatever. You knew you had a hole at corner. So you go out and sign William Jackson III, somebody who has played primarily man coverage in the entirety of his career, and then you ask him to come here and be his own corner, banking on the fact that his athletic ability would help the transition be smoother. Clearly, that didn't work out, and now you're in a situation where if this team doesn't get a legitimate offer or any type of offer for him by 4 p.m. Eastern time today, they're going to cut bait. I have an issue. I have an issue with this team being so eager and willing to cut bait on a guy, and here's why. They've clearly been shopping William Jackson III for about three to four weeks now. They haven't gotten a legitimate offer, one that would get them to pull the trigger. And let's be quite frank and honest when we're talking about this. I don't think they're looking for some type of major compensation. I just think they're looking for any type of compensation. So what that tells me is they're just trying to gut, cut bait with the situation. There is mutual disdain between William Jackson III and the Washington Commanders. You're in a situation right now, though, where if somebody gets hurt right now at the cornerback spot, who are you going to? Who are you going to? I know you drafted Christian Holmes this past year in the sixth round. He's somebody who I'd be interested in seeing get a crack at the cornerback spot, but he's also young. If William Jackson III somehow was claimed off of waivers today, that would be the only way Washington could possibly get out of having to pay the entirety of his remaining salary. That's probably not going to happen because other teams understand that as well. So if you're Washington, why not just keep him? Why not just keep William Jackson III on the roster? Because guess what? You still need depth at the cornerback spot. Especially if you feel as if you're going to be competing during the months of November and December for a playoff spot. Why not go with a veteran if that's what you're trying to do? If making the playoffs and sneaking into the wild card is what you're trying to accomplish, do it with a vet. Do it with somebody you've got confidence in. Instead, you're going to let William Jackson go for nothing. And most likely you're going to have to pay the entirety of that salary. NFL trade deadline is today at 4 p.m. Eastern time. We already saw one big deal uh, go down here this this morning. The Detroit Lions agreeing to send tight end TJ Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings in exchange for a second and third round pick. It's another team in Minnesota that, even though they're 6-1, they're all in. They're trying to go get it. They're not worried about sneaking in to the wild card round of the playoffs. They're not complacent enough to where an NFC North division crown is going to move the needle for them. They hired Kevin O'Connell and this new regime in front office in Minnesota not to compete for a playoff berth, but to compete for championships. 
And I get frustrated because it feels as if everyone else around the National Football League, that's what their number one goal is. Whether or not you're a good team or a piss poor team, the goal remains the same. Right? Look at the Detroit Lions. They're a team that's going nowhere fast. TJ Hawkinson was supposed to be a part of that core. But they're trying to win championships. So keeping him on the roster while you're losing doesn't really do anything when you can get draft capital in return for him to help out your future. That's the issue that Washington's in right now. By 4 p.m. Eastern time today, I fully expect Antonio Gibson and Deron Payne to be members of this football team, as well as J.D. McKissick, another trade target that, in my opinion, not enough people are talking about. Because guess what? If Naheem Hines is a big trade target out there, for opposing teams in the NFL, then J.D. McKissick should be as well. He is, quite frankly, a better back than Naeem Hines is. Since he's gotten here to Washington in 2020, J.D. McKissick is top three in the NFL in receptions out of the backfield by running backs. The kid can play. There's a reason the Buffalo Bills were hot on his tail this offseason. And they're still searching for a running back. They were all in trying to acquire Christian McCaffrey. They were all in trying to get Naheem Hines. They were all in talking to New Orleans about Alvin Kamara. So there is a market out there for J.D. McKissick. For Washington, though, it's going to come down to what's more important to you. And really, it shouldn't even come down to that question because let's be frank. We love the player. We love the human being. Talking about J.D. McKissick. It's the same conversation we had earlier about Logan Thomas. What the hell have those two done for us this year to contribute to winning football games? Nothing. Nothing. That's why it was, it was so laughable to me when this past weekend, leading up to the game on Sunday, we were talking about and so concerned with whether or not Logan Thomas is going to be available or not for this football team. How big of a boost that should be for this offense. I don't buy that. I really don't. I really don't. Logan Thomas is a guy whose best years are probably behind him. And right now, this, the role that I feel he's serving for this football team is just being a leader, being a vocal guy in the tight end room that a young tight end like John Bates, that a young tight end like Cole Turner can lean on. That's the value that he's providing you right now. Is that value, though, is that value richer than what he's providing you, than what you're going to get back for him in terms of trade capital? It's an interesting question. It's an interesting dynamic here. Me personally, I don't think it is. Because just as just the way that the Minnesota Vikings went out and traded for TJ Hawkinson, I guarantee they would have been open to trading for Logan Thomas. There are plenty of other teams around the National Football League who can use a Logan Thomas. We don't necessarily need him right now. You got three guys that are doing a damn good job. You even got a fourth guy on your practice squad that did good things for you in the preseason and training camp. Talking about Curtis Hodges. There's talent at tight end. There's talent at running back. Hell, there's talent along your defensive front. But for some reason, Washington has chosen to hang on to these guys and hope that they'll be contributors to a playoff push. That's why I say I think there's a conflict of interest with this group. Let's go to Chris in Maryland once it's happening. What's going on, Chris? Hey, Lynn, long time, buddy. How you doing? Good, buddy. Hey, all right. Well, I don't know what to say about the trade deadline stuff. I'm not certain about that just yet because 
I don't know. But anyway, I got a question about Scott Turner and this offense. Taylor Heinrich is a smart dude, right? Math major, mechanical math, whatever he's doing. No, no offense inside and out, right? Right. And you know, you got this. So he should know the offense like a good old grizzled vet. Why we got these? Some of these plays comes to the line, and before you know it, I mean, they got some zone blitz coming at him. Is in his face before he can blink. Well, you know, Scott Turner's in his ear till 15 seconds before the play goes. Why can't he have a more audible power or something there where he can adjust that? But after, you know, have like a audible, more audible. That's what I'm looking for. He should know. He should have the confidence. And I think we would be better suited. And not sure, and he's capable enough to read that crap. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know. If, I don't know much about that. No, I get know, what you're saying, Chris, and I, and I appreciate the call, man. Yeah, look, I I, I agree with you. It, that was something that Scott Turner was asked about early on in the season when Carson Wentz was still the starter. How much say so and control does the quarterback have at the line of scrimmage in this Commanders offense? I think Chris makes a good point. Taylor Heineke, uh, like we know, is well versed in this offensive system. That was the reason. That Scott Turner really gave when it went when talking about Carson Wentz and his lack of control at the line of scrimmage. He mentioned his lack of familiarity with the offense, and then Scott just said, "That's how we like to do things. We like to call our play, get up to the line of scrimmage fast, and run it. No problem with that. I just think when it, when you go and play against complex defenses who are well versed in what you're doing, you're going to need to have some type of freedom at the line of scrimmage from your quarterback." 301-230-0980 is the number. N-E-L-L underscore BTP is how you reach me on Twitter. Coming up at the top of the hour, Ethan Cadeau, NBC Sports Washington Commanders Insider, will join the show. We'll ask him what he thinks about this three-game winning streak and whether or not he expects the Commanders to be active before the 4 p.m. trade deadline. All that more next here on the Burgundy and Gold today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.